Thanks for checking out the Awaken Church podcast. Awaken Church messages are brought to you by our generous givers and partners. You can learn more about the vision or give financially to support the work God is doing here at Awaken by visiting our website, awakenchurch.cc. If you can't make one of our weekly worship services, you can always watch online by going to our website and clicking on the Watch tab. And now, wherever you're joining us from, thanks for listening, and we hope this message encourages you. So glad to be with you. It is honestly an honor and a privilege to to be communicating this morning to all of you. My name is Robbie Denson, and I'm just telling you, if you missed last week, uh, I'm on staff now. I, I had someone walk up to me before the first service and they said, hey man, we just missed one week. Like, who are you? And I was like, hey, this has been fast paced for me too, okay? Uh, let me just kind of give you a crash course of, of, about me. Uh, we'll have weeks and months and, and a long time to get to know each other. I'm the lead pastor of ministries here. And, you know, you just probably don't even know what that even means. And so let me just say, um, I, I'm from Charleston. I'm Lucas's brother, Pastor Lucas. I'm his brother. And so, um, yeah. And, uh, and so <laughs> you have a fan, bro. You have a fan. Awesome. You know, I grew up in Charleston. This is, this is uh, my stomping grounds. And I got into, I met my wife in this city. We started our family in this city. I started in ministry in North Charleston over at Northwood Church. I'm just honored for my time there. I love Charleston. I love this city. I love you people. We're so glad to be back. Um, in 2014, God presented me with an idea that I already knew I was going to say no to. Uh, my good friend, John Mark Redwine, asked me to come and be a part of a church plant in Asheville, North Carolina, called The Gathering Church. And I don't know how many of you like to tell God no. I think he smirks at us. Uh, and I said, Chelsea, I, listen, we're not going to say yes to this, but I'm not going to tell John Mark no until we visit the city. So we went up to Asheville, first time I'd ever gone up there, July 4th weekend, 2013, 14, it was so long ago, and we're sitting at a coffee shop with tears in our eyes, and she looks at me and says, what are you thinking? I said, I don't want to talk about it. I, I'm not, I, I know what we're going to do. I just, if I say it, then we have to do it. I can still, I can still backtrack now, and so that's what we did. So for six years, we've been in Asheville, North Carolina, loving every second of it, planting the gathering church, growing that church, and just loving it, being a part of it, and there came a season where God said, you're released from this and we're here. There's a lot to that story. I don't have time to share, but we came back into this city knowing that there may not be a door open to ministry, but there is a door open for us to raise our kids around our family in the place that we know and love. And, and we ran through that door and now we find ourselves here at Awaken Church. In fact, I got a call Tuesday from Pastor Brandon saying, hey, we'd like to hire you. I got a call Wednesday from, from Sean saying, hey, we want you to speak on Sunday. And I was like, well, geez, I'm not going to say no to the very first thing that's asked of me. So they really put the pressure on. Well, let my, listen, my heart for the church, my passion for the church is that it becomes a place where people can walk through our doors. And really a lot of things happen, but let's just, for the sake of time, let's say two things happen. I want people to walk through the doors of our church here at Awaken as they are, experience Jesus, and because of that, give their life to him. 
And then as they are, I want them to find themselves in a church that has a plan to help them become the thing God has called them to become. Because I believe deep in our souls, there's a craving to make a difference in the world. But we just don't know how to get there. We, we don't, we just look, we're so bogged down in whether it's our marriage, we're so bogged down in our sin, we're so bogged down in all that we're trying to navigate that it's hard for us to see over the hump. Well, I just believe it's the church's role to create pathways for you to find freedom from the things that are holding you up and then to discover why God put you here. Because at some point, and I, I don't know if this is correct, I don't know if this is polite, but at some point, yeah, the church is here for you, but can I just say something? At some point, you're here for the church right? At some point, the church is here for you, but at some point, you're here to reach your city. Because like what Lucas said, the local church is the hope of the world. You may be the hope for the people in your workplace. You may be the hope for the people in your neighborhood, right? But it's not until we see ourselves through the lens of leadership. It's not until we see ourselves from the, from the lens of not just, I have people making a difference in my life, but we shift it and go, no, no, no. Now I can make a difference in someone else's life. And I want to see a church that has a pathway to help you see yourself that way. And so I want to talk to you this morning, and I've got a lot I want to talk about. And so in doing so, you'll get to know me a little bit better, and and hopefully you'll begin to see that that God has a plan and a purpose for your life that is just bigger than you. So we're in week two of a series called Test Positive. We're looking at recovering our joy, our positivity, and our perspective so that we can be a benefit to ourselves, but also we can be of benefit to the people around us. And so I'm a big, I'm a, I, my wife's a planner. I'm, I'm along the lines of, okay, where are we going? How are we gonna get there? And so if the goal is to be a benefit to others, to restore our positivity and our perspective, if the goal is to get there, how are we gonna get there? In order to get there, we have to identify where we are. We, we've been gone for six years, and I don't know if you know it, but like there's new exits on the interstate. There's new, next in is a thing. You know, and like, we, I don't know where I'm going at all. And so I, every time I get in my car, I feel like I'm opening up Google Maps and putting in my destination. Well, the very first thing that Google Maps does when I put in my destination is what? It identifies where I am. We have to know where we are in order to get to where we want to be. And so let's, let's, let's figure out where we are for just a moment. Let me ask you some questions. Have you ever felt stuck? Have you just ever felt bogged down? As a husband, have you ever felt like you're you're, you're stuck 45 hours a week at work and you're trying to be the husband and you're trying to be the dad and you're trying to be the leader that that people keep telling you that you are? Is it your marriage that's just, you're just like, we're, we're not gaining any traction in our relationship? Or maybe there's sin in your life and it's like, I just can't seem to overcome this addiction. I can't seem to overcome what this, this thing that just has a grip on me. There's no move for me to make. The title of today's message is move forward. Move forward. Some of us, we need to look up and see that the light is green and it's time to go. I think the enemy wants to to convince us that that we're sitting at a red light that just doesn't want to turn, right? But I'm here today to tell you that because of Jesus, the light is green. That because of Jesus, you can get moving. And so this morning, I want to get behind you. And I'm not like, you know, I'm not brave enough to honk on the horn and yell at you. 
But I'm just behind you this morning. I just want to give you a little toot-toot. Right? Say, hey, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get moving. In Luke chapter 9, Jesus is talking with his disciples about what it looks like to truly follow him. I believe this is a phase in our lives that many of us spend far too long in. The disciples at this point, they're following along behind Jesus and they're, and, and they're intrigued and they're like bought in because they're seeing miracles and they're, they're seeing him say things that you don't normally hear from religious leaders. And so they're following, but they're just not quite sure if they're gonna lean in. Some of us find ourselves there. Listen to what Jesus says and he doesn't sugar, sugarcoat it for him. In Luke chapter nine, he says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And so Jesus replied, I love this. Well, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. I mean, he doesn't take a moment to say thank you. He doesn't take a moment to just say, hey, you know, let me cushion this for you. No, hey, just so you know, man, I don't stay in hotels. I don't travel with pillows. There's no Wi-Fi where we're going. And for some of us, the reason we haven't gone further in our spiritual journey is because we haven't found the easy route yet, right? Some of us grew up with the idea that, that being a follower of Jesus was the easy route. That as I follow Jesus, he'll take care of the rest. But I mean, let's just be honest. What happens? Life. Life happens. And sometimes life comes at us hard, doesn't it? Things happen in our marriages. Things happen in our workplace. We lose our job. And we think, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm going to be obedient. But I think just sometimes it's like, but why though? Why is this happening to me? Life comes at us. There is an enemy at work. And we have to learn that following Jesus is not easy. It is good. It's not easy. It's good. Jesus never said following me will be easy. I think that's the picture he's trying to paint for the disciples, it won't be easy, but it will be good. And good doesn't always mean easy. In fact, everything good that I have in my life required hard work. Intentional, hard work. I love, my marriage is the best it's ever been. You know why? Because it's been real bad. And what did we do? We leaned in and we did the work. We did the work. We got honest and vulnerable. I'm going to talk about all that. The passage continues and it gets, it gets, uh, it goes in hard. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. So Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. I've read that verse and just chose to like read over it hundreds of times in my life. Because let's just be honest, Jesus is not being very reasonable here. He's like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm coming with you. But let me go take care of a few things First, I think Jesus is making a crucial point here that we've got to see ourselves through. So often we convince ourselves that I'll follow Jesus when the timing is right. I'll follow Jesus when I get my life in order. I'll follow Jesus when this sin that I'm holding on to, that the person to the left of me and the person to the right of me, they don't know about it. I don't want to tell them about it. I don't want to get honest with my life group. I'm going to fix all that. I'm going to just do that alone. And then I'm going all in. Then I'm going to start talking a lot more in life. Then I'm going to start putting those prayer requests. I don't want to put a prayer request. I want to put a praise. So I'm going to do all the work in secret. Then I'll go all in when I get it figured out. I've been there. I've just been there. 
And I believe this morning that Jesus is saying, no, 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 come on. Now is the time. Come all in with me now. As you are, come all in. You don't have to wait any longer. Don't, don't let anything get in the way of the life that I have for you. The light is green. Let's go. Because if, I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, when the light turns green, you've got to push the gas. You've got to take your foot off the brake and give it a little gas to move forward. So I just am convinced that some of us are a lot closer to knowing God and finding freedom from the things that have us wrapped up than we think we are. You just got to move forward. And that's what we're talking about today. Jesus isn't done with his conversation with the disciples. Still, another said, well, I will follow you, Lord, but first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Which, like, he just told the guy whose dad died, that's not going to fly. You just want to say goodbye to your family. I'm just sorry. These guys were not the brightest. Let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service in the kingdom of God. Man, these are, these are challenging verses, aren't they? They're tough to wrestle with. You know, I know for, for my family, there have been times and seasons, extended periods of our life where we've gone through seasons over the last few years, man, it, it almost broke us. I'm talking broke us. There have been times where we felt like our obedience to God was being met with nothing but heartache and heartbreak. We felt like our, our obedience to God our, was being met with too much adversity. God, you, you told us to leave our family, to, to go and plant a church, and, and, and we're doing that. We're, we're working the field, right? God, you, you said, hey, man, Robbie, Chelsea, your purpose is the local church and adoption, and so that's what we do. We adopt, right? And so we're working the field, and we're just, we're, we're, we're obedient. It's like, why am I being met with such a mess? And there are, have been times, if I'm just being honest, where I'm working the field and I just wonder, is this the wrong field? Am I plowing the wrong field? And there have been seasons where I want to look up and I want to say, I don't know that I've got this right. This, why is it so hard to be obedient to Jesus? A few years ago, I was in one of these thought patterns, whatever you want to call it. And I was up at 2 a.m. And as a matter of fact, I was going to pull the trigger and back out of going to join the gathering church up in Asheville. And it was 2 a.m. and I was thinking, Robbie, what have you done? You had a job that paid you. This one's not going to pay you. You know, what, what are you thinking? Like, your family, like, okay, if you mess your life up, that's fine. But what about the boys? What about my wife? You know, like, I just, God met me in that moment. And he said, Robbie, I will never ask you to do something for me that I haven't first done for you. Robbie, I, I won't, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not asking you for anything that I haven't done for you. Jesus asked those of us who are willing to go all in. He asked us to do that because he first went all in. It's, it's not a tall task for Jesus to ask something crazy of you. Because he did something crazy for you. And so with that, i got to get back on the field. I, I won't give up. I will not quit on the people in my life because he didn't quit on me. Jesus went to the cross for you and I, and now he's asking you to go all in for him. It's time for some of us to go all in. For the sake of your future, for your children, for your marriage. Jesus is asking that you go all in because he went in for you. And so today, I want to talk to you about three things that you may need to move on from. And then I want to talk about some changes you may need to make in order to keep moving forward. 
The first thing that you may need to move on from is old history. You might need to move on from old history. And now this gets messy, right? Some of us, we need to hit Control-Alt-Delete on some things that we've been holding on to. I'm talking about the mistakes, the decisions, that event that took place that somehow has come to define you. And we allow that, don't we? We allow moments to define our future. And here's the good news. God does not view you through the same lens that you view you. That was a lot of yous and views. But he doesn't look at me the same way that I look at me. So when I look in the mirror, I see, I see, I see something that needs work. Jesus sees something that, that's been redeemed, that he's preparing for the work. I want you to see what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Do you know what streams bring to a wasteland? They bring life. Some of us are living in the wilderness and the wastelands, and we are convinced that waiting will get us through it. If I just wait this out, if I, if I just wait if I just wait this season out, God will just get me through it. I don't know, I don't know what put you there, and, and I don't, I don't want to minimize the pain. I just, I don't think, I don't think it's, I'm doing you a disservice to minimize your pain. But in doing that, I can't help but maximize the power of God. When you come to know God and you start putting down the history, you'll begin to see a path towards something new. And I'm just convinced it's time for some of us to open our eyes look up and see that the light is green. The second thing that you might need to move on from is old habits. What are the things in your life that are mastering you? What are the things in your life that have got a grip on you? What are they? What is, it, is there addictions? Is it desire to measure up? The habit of comparison? Maybe the way that you've talked has just become negative and cynical. Maybe you need to lay your phone down for a little bit, social media. You know, maybe you need to minimize the things in your life that cause you to compare your real life to everyone else's highlight reel. I got news for you. I don't put what's in the backstage out on social media. We just don't do that, do we? Right? Some of us measure what we see in our backstage to everyone else's front stage. Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Moving on from old habits, when you begin to allow God to correct something, when, when you make a decision to move on from habits, you allow correction into your life. Some of us, we've just got to put our hand up and say, Jesus, I have flaws. I have character defects. I have sin. And it could be that you need to take it a step further and go to people in your life who you've hurt and say, I, I goofed. I made a mistake. Because here's what, what I love about entering into a relationship with Jesus. We aren't being upgraded. Jesus doesn't download and upgrade in us. No, Jesus gives us a whole new model to work with. You have been made new. Amen. And those old habits, they don't come pre-downloaded. 
I love when you have your iPhone and you delete an app. When you go to re-download that app, and I know some of you download Instagram 25 times a month. When you go to re-download that app, it doesn't say get. It has an arrow pointing down because your phone knows you've already had that app. You see, we can re-download some apps when we walk into a relationship with Jesus, but those things don't come preloaded. We can move on from old habits. We're gonna talk about some things you can do to help you. Number three is this. It says move on from old hurts. Move on from old hurts. It, It may be that you were wounded and it hurts and it wasn't your fault. It just wasn't. I get it. But some of us have adjusted our life to the pain. We've decided to live with the pain. And rather than putting down the pain to doing the necessary work to move through it, we've just said, I'm going to learn how to be comfortable in the pain. The fear of moving through our pain is stronger than staying in the pain. The pain that we know we get comfortable with. You know, what if you took the necessary steps to move on from the hurt? What if you were willing to do whatever it takes? Join a group, get into some Christian counseling, introduce vulnerability and humility into your life. Pull someone close. I am amazed at how many people have never done this. Pull someone close and say, I'm not okay. I, 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 pull someone close and say, I need to move on from some things because you can only be as strong as you are honest. I just, that's where I'm at. You can only be as strong as you are honest. Some of us need to get honest with someone else. You can't manage what you don't acknowledge. Let's look at what Paul says about this idea of moving on from the old. In 2 Corinthians chapter five, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I can't start the next chapter of my life if I keep rereading the last chapter. I can't start the next chapter of my life if I keep rereading the last one. So many of us are defined by our history. We're stuck in our habits. We're stuck in our hurts, but it is possible to put those things down and to move on from them. And so for some of us, that's where we are. That's where, I don't want to stay here no more. That's where I'm at, Robbie. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm broken. Okay. Let's get you to, let's get you to, let's, let's put a next step in front of you and give you the opportunity to take it. Some of us need to make a, make a change so we can move on. So I want to talk about some changes we can make this morning so that you can take a step to move forward. The first change that you might need to make is this. It's time to get closer to God. You never heard that at church, have you? Yeah, I I want you to read your Bible tomorrow morning. I want you to wake up. I want you to create space to read your Bible. But can I just go, let me just give you a little bit more juice behind that. I want you to develop an intimacy with God. I, I want you to develop a intimacy with God. And did you know you can't be intimate with something you don't have proximity to? I cannot know well the things I don't pull close. How close are you to Jesus? 
What, what, are you taking up? It's just practical for me. I love to listen to podcasts. I'm just, just we got to make it practical, right? I love to listen to podcasts, and so I listen to them when I'm in the shower. But you know what, I need, you know what I've been doing lately? I've been putting Maverick City on because it's just, there's just nothing better than that. I've been putting worship music on because, yeah, you know what? I woke up late today. I don't have time to maybe to get into the Word until I get to the office. But I'm having intimacy this morning with Jesus. I pray with my wife. I, 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 I talk to my kids. I'm, I'm creating space for intimacy to be developed. I have, ch- I have intimacy with my children because I pull them close. We prioritize bedtime. I threw uh, disc golf with my youngest for like an hour yesterday just hanging out. Just developing intimacy with him. Dad, I love you. This is so fun, Dad. Take me out to go play disc golf. He knows me because I'm pulling him close. Paul writes in his letter to the Ephesians. He says, in him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is a whole other message, but it's just so important. Your view of God will determine your approach to God. What do I mean by that? So often we grow up believing that God is sitting on his throne like Abe Lincoln, right? And he's just sitting here going, yeah, you messed up. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You are who you say you are. You're, 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 you're no good. You're coming to me with your sin. And how do we approach God? I'm not worthy. That, uh, you're right. I'm, I'm a mess up. But can I just paint another picture of who God is? I have a feeling he's going, yeah, come here. Yeah, I saw what you did last night. I said, yeah, that was, that was messed up, dude. You should have done that. Hey, man, come here. It's green. Let's go. Come on. I love you. I care for you. And your view of God will determine your approach because if you're living a life that you're not satisfied with and it keeps you from running towards Jesus, your view of him is incorrect. We've got to start viewing him as someone we can run towards instead of hide from. James chapter four, verse eight says, come close to God. Notice we have to take a step forward and look what happens when we come close and God will come close to you. Wash your hands. I love this. It says, wash your hands, you sinner. Purify your hearts. Yeah, there are some things that need to be worked on in your life, but come close to God because he'll come close to you. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Developing a closeness to God allows us to live in the world, but but rather than, than being influenced by it, we become influencers to it. So we gotta stay close. We gotta stay close. My old pastor used to say, if I want something I've never done, then I need to do something I've never done. If you've never felt a closeness with God, it's time to start doing something different. And you know, I don't wanna come in too hot this morning, but I just gotta be blunt. If, if being involved in the church is optional for you, if the week rolls around in attending service or uh, going to group is optional for you, can I just ask that you shift your perspective? If going to life group is a drag, and this is, I'm just going to say it. If going to life group is a drag, I'm going to, I'm going to blow your mind. Go to a different one. Go to a different one, right? And then if that one's a drag too, it might be time to look in the mirror. This whole series is about shifting our perspective. When you walk, I just feel like life change happens in circles. And you're only as strong as you are honest. You may not see a difference in waking up tomorrow and getting close with Jesus. You may not see it in a matter of moments, but if you put the work of this church and the work on your own relationship with Jesus over time, you gotta put it over time. I promise you, your life will be transformed. Number two is this, something that you may need to change. 
so you can move forward is it's time to get honest with a friend. It's time for you to share your secrets with at least one other person. God designed you and I to operate most healthy when we have accountability. You need someone that you can take the mask off with. You need them. You need them. We, um, my oldest is 15, and we brought him into our home when he was 13. And 12? Sure. She said 12. And, you know, listen, that was the hardest thing we've ever done. But just, we gained a lot of perspective there. Can you imagine being adopted by people who are just a little bit older than you? I mean, we had no idea what we were doing. Like, we just had no clue what we were doing. So we, we, we guess what? We were going to figure it out. We were going to figure it out. So we went into therapy, family therapy, and we just started diving into what trauma is and what it looks like to, to raise a teenager. And, and we partnered with this organization in Asheville, and they had this thing called horse therapy. So we went down, and we walked near the horses, and it was very intimidating. And um, if you know anything about my wife, and you'll get to know her, she asks a million questions. It drives me nuts. And they all start around 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and I, I say, Chelsea, you just you got, you got so many questions. I ain't perfect, guys. And she says, well, Robbie, uh, people who ask questions are the smartest people in the world. And I said, well, they do have a lot of questions. <laughs> like, they can't be that smart. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I believe in asking questions. I love you. So we're walking through, and, you know, my wife's just asking all these questions. And then, you know, she asked the one that the only one I care about. Can horses stand? Can, can they sleep standing up? Is that true? And it turns out the, the, the counselor went on to say, yeah, they, they can actually lock their knee joints, and they can fall asleep. Where you and I would fall out, they fall asleep. And she actually went on to tell us that in a pack of horses at night, when they're sleeping, there's always at least one horse that stays awake. And it's looking off into the horizon. It's looking for predators. It's looking for something coming to take the pack down. How cool is that? That horses have the instinctual behavior to protect one another. Who's staying awake for you? Who is staying awake from you? I believe that we have the same instinctual behavior, but guess what we have? Shame. Guilt. So we don't pull people close. We don't say, hey, man, I need you to. We've gone through seasons in our life where I had to pull people close and say, hey, I need you to stay awake from me. My family's on the outs. The enemies that work in my family is trying to disrupt the call that God has had on my life. I need you to stand strong for me. I need you to stay awake for me. Who is staying awake for you? Who is protecting you when you're vulnerable? If you've got nobody staying awake for you, then you need to get some things in motion to make a change. And I think there's a correlation. Are you staying awake for anyone? I think there's a correlation there. Who are you staying awake for? Find somebody to stay awake for. And I think you'll find somebody who will stay awake for you. The Bible says in James chapter 5, verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You need a partner. You need a friend. You need someone you can take the mask off with. Because here's the reality. If you want to go fast, we all know this. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with others. Go with others. we got to bring some people into this thing we call life. 
Some of us, we've built walls around our lives and we're in a prison of pain. No, Robbie, you don't understand. I can't get honest with my spouse. You don't understand. If, if, I, if, if I bring out of me what's in me, people won't accept me anymore. They won't, they won't allow me into the circle anymore. I'm just telling you, listen, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know all the answers to all your problems, but I do know this, we'll get through them together. We'll get through them together. You won't do it alone. Together over time. You just gotta be willing to put in the time. The third thing is this. It's time to get in tune with my purpose and passions. We're getting into it. This, it's time to get in tune with my purpose and my passions, the desires that God has put on my heart. I wanna share a verse with you today that I think can, can shed some weight for some of us. Paul says in Galatians chapter six, verse three, if anyone thinks there's something when they are not, they deceive themselves. If you're pursuing something, this is the challenge. If you're pursuing something that always leaves you frustrated and feeling like you fell short, it doesn't mean that the thing you're pursuing is bad. It could be that it's not the thing you should be pursuing. Chelsea and I, we say no to a lot because it's so yes that we say yes to the local church in adoption. Find your why. Find your why. When you know your why, you know what to say no to. Each one of us should test their own actions. They can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Let me ask you, have you ever tested your own actions? Have you ever asked yourself why? You know, I'm, I'm, sometimes we spend 30 years trying to prove someone wrong. And we've invested and we've built so much equity in pursuing our dream and our passion and in reality, I'm just trying to disprove a lie that was told to me. You know, sometimes if we really ask ourselves the why, is it so that I can measure up? Is it so that you feel like you add value to the world? Is it to prove someone wrong who spoke something terrible over you? Some of us need to ask ourselves why, and then we need to get real honest with ourselves. Because how much of a difference would it make for you if you were able to walk through life knowing who you are. I know who I am. What, what you doing next year? I don't know, but I know who I am. I'm loved by God. I, so where are you going to college? I don't know, but I know who I am. Here's why I'm saying this. Knowing you are loved by God and nothing, nothing will change that, when, when that takes place, you don't have to compare your output to the person you admire on Instagram, Instagram in order to be loved and valued by God. You are not defined by the success of your dreams. You gotta understand that. You, you can look at these leaders and you think, oh, they, they, they have a gift that I don't have. Pastor Brandon has a gift that I don't, that I don't have. I can't, I'm going to sit in the crowd. We, we, we want to measure up. And if we can't measure up, we don't even pursue. No, Pastor Brandon is loved by God. Tevin is loved by God. These amazing, they're loved by, your life group leader, Miss Beth, I've heard so much about Miss Beth and her life group, my mother-in-law. She is just loved by God. So here's what I'm saying. Rather than finding in fulfillment in what we do, Jesus wants us to start from a place of fulfillment. Start from a place of fulfillment. I don't know what God's gonna do with me, but I know he loves me. I know he's got a plan for me and I'm standing strong and I'm confident in that. Jesus cannot love you more than he does right now. Oh, but Robbie, you don't understand. God, I'm a, I'm a mess. God's like, yeah, you are. Thank God, thank God for me, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are a mess, but I love you. God, I don't know what to do with my life. I love you. Start from a place of position 
Start from a position of fulfillment and empowerment. And that way we don't have to go look for fulfillment because the only place it can be found is in the presence of God. In our pursuit of our purpose and passion, it can become easy to forget that Jesus is where our purpose comes from. It's where our value comes from. So don't ever confuse your purpose for God's purpose. You know, my plan was to never be in ministry. I didn't want to do it. I knew from an early age that I wanted to be a history teacher. And the truth is, I had a history teacher in middle school who just made an impact on my life. And I thought, I want to spend, yeah, history, and honestly, history was the easiest subject you could teach. So I was like, I want to be a teacher. I'll do history because math is hard. And I just want to, I want to make a difference in people's lives. And I went to CSU with my mom and they're telling me it's going to cost 25 grand a year. And I said, well, that's not going to happen. And what I learned, and as I allowed, I gave God the playbook. What he was saying was, Robbie, yeah, teaching, that's your plan. That's great. But I just want you to make a difference in people's lives. And so what I'm saying is, the thing that you're pursuing, not, that thing is not bad. But it may not be the thing that you should be pursuing. We've got teachers in the room all around here, I'm sure. I've met so many of them. You're making a difference in the lives of students. That's what you should be pursuing. It wasn't what I should be pursuing. I had to come to the realization that my dream wasn't teaching. My dream was making a difference. And I have the privilege of doing that in the context of ministry. God has a purpose and a passion for you. And I believe that your design will reveal your destiny when you give it to God. I believe that. I believe there are things inside of you. The last thing. It's time to get on doing something greater than myself. It's time for you to start seeing yourself making a difference in the lives of the people around you. Because joy does not come from serving oneself. Moments of joy come. Joy does not come from getting into the right neighborhood and making the money. Real joy comes when you know who you are and you know that God has given you an adventure. And here's, here's the thing about adventures I, I just have learned because I'm a person. I just love to know where I'm going. And I, I don't know where I'm going anymore. I just know I'm saying yes to Jesus. I'm just knowing that I am loved by him and I'm gonna keep saying yes to him. In Ephesians chapter two, Paul is writing, and this is the message translation. He says, God creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does. God has huge plans for you. Like, feel that this morning. God has plans for you to join him in the work he does. The good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. I just, I just think God wants us to come to know him to work through our mess alongside him and then to be used by him. And I gotta tell you, the idea of doing something greater than myself, it fires me up. It just does. God has a work for you and understand this, it will benefit others. You know, you guys don't know me and my wife, but you know, we've, we've just discovered that our purpose, the local church and adoption, you know what, sometimes our purpose slaps us in the face. It just does, man, it hurts, it's hard. Because a life of significance is one that is challenging. It just is. Sometimes your purpose will be tough to pursue and you'll have to persevere. But you know what keeps my wife and I from staying down when we've been knocked down? As we look up, 
So you gotta look up. You gotta see that your purpose is making a life, making a difference in the life of someone else. And that, that's, all, that's all the motivation we need to say, we're gonna keep going. We're gonna keep going. God, if this is how you wanna spend me, right? if this is how you want to spend me, then just spend me, but keep the purpose in front of me. Keep the difference that you're making in front of me. It's so easy to listen to a message like this and think, Robbie, you just don't get it. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what was done to me. You don't know the level of my brokenness. You don't know my habits and my hurts. And I don't know, but I want, I want you to know I hear you. And my heart aches for you. And maybe you want to be fired up with me, but the pain of the past is just too great to overcome. Maybe you're grieving a hurt. You're grieving a loss. You're grieving a mistake. Maybe you're in a place and you're just looking through the rearview mirror and you have no idea that the light is green. I just want to say something to you this morning. and Maybe you need to jot this down and process it this week as you create proximity with Jesus. I can't go back and change the beginning, but I can start where I am and change the ending. I can't go back and change the beginning, but I can start where I am and change the ending. You need to know that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And it comes when we are willing to go all in, when we're willing to do the only real response to what he did on the cross for us, and that is to go all in. What story is your life gonna tell? What story? That's up to you. You have an opportunity to make a difference, man. I just, I, I just, I know I'm, I don't know if this horse has been sufficiently beaten yet. God's got a purpose for you, a plan for you, and he wants to reveal it to you. Maybe you need to make some changes. Would you pray with me this morning? I can't help but get the sense that there's people in here today who find it challenging to see themselves on a plan towards some type of purpose. You know, we, 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 you know, you ever open up Google Maps and it just, it, there's no service. And we got to find service so we can get heading towards our direction. Maybe today, God's pulling on your heart and saying, hey, listen, I got a plan for you, but I, I want you to know what I did for you. I want you to accept me into your heart. I went to the cross for you. I love you. I care for you. Maybe today is the day where you say, I want to get into where the service is so I can see the calling that God has for my life. Maybe today you want to accept Jesus into your heart. If that's you today, I want you to just to to raise your hand and let us know. We want to celebrate with you. All eyes closed and heads bowed. If that's you today and you say, you know what? No, I I can be the man my wife thinks I am. I can be the mother to my children that I want to be. I want to partner with Jesus. I want to give him my life. If that's you today, just raise your hand. We want to celebrate with you. We want you to get you baptized next week. We We want to start this thing. Jesus, just say this prayer with me in your heart. If this is just where you're at today and you want to give your life to Jesus. Jesus, this morning, man, you're just hitting me hard and I didn't know, I didn't know your goodness. I didn't know that, that I was viewing you as a mean father, God, but today I'm seeing you for who you are and you're just telling me to come on. You just, wrap, you just want to wrap me in your arms today. Jesus, I see it. Thank you for going to the cross for me. I receive it. I want to walk into your kingdom. Jesus, I want to have relationship with you and accept you into my heart. I want to walk forward with you. Amen. 
Amen. Join us. Why don't you stand with us? We're going to move back in to worship for just a moment. But we just want to take a moment and let's seal the deal. Let's say, Jesus, today I'm going to make some changes. Today I'm going to start moving forward.